Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Every couple weeks or so, your hosts gather to talk about our favorite game, Dwarf Fortress. So let's join your hosts, Roland. It's okay. It's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time. So, uh... Tony. Yeah, and we can keep it tight, concise. And Jonathan. They are eating food just out of his reach. As they present insightful, irreverent, and often incorrect analysis. And always remember, losing is fun. Welcome back, everybody, to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. It's been an exciting week in the community because we actually have had some movement in the development process of Dwarf Fortress, which doesn't happen that often, right? That, that is sadly very true. Visible movement. Well, I, I have a feeling movement, movement happens on a day-to-day, on a day-to-day, daily incremental basis, but usually the windows are boarded up and you can't see inside, and so I think they've taken down one of the boards and So that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. So before we get into talking about the roadmap... Let's talk a little bit about our fortresses. And guys, for the first time ever, I have a barony. Hey, nice. The baron is actually in one of my squads. Will the baron go out and fight? Yes. Yeah, he'll do all. He'll do anything. Yeah. Actually, it's a she, so it's a baroness. Oh, okay. But, yeah, but, yeah, um, they're cool. Yeah, she cool. she will fight, but it has this very simple quote-unquote a downside that your baroness is acquiring uh, fighting techniques and uh, wearing armor which makes her very hardy to uh, accidents if they ever occur Uh, i'm personally not the kind of person that you know has a lot of accidents happen to nobles in their fortress but um (laughs) i've heard that's a thing oh yeah you hate nobles uh, no, no, not really. I mean, I roleplay with them, but that usually also means that if there is a noble that I really dislike, then I kind of have to live with him. But let's just say that if something happens and, you know, we we see his life slowly spiraling downward, I'm not going to catch him. So. Mm-hmm. so what is the effect of a noble on your fortress how is it different from, you know, your mayor or any other, I said noble, a baron or a king, royalty? Well, the, well, there's not really a difference. Like, the rest of your dwarves will live just like they lived before. The baron is not, like, eating more or drinking more or whatever. He's not, they're not speeding up production or, or happiness or anything, really. All that happens is you get one special dwarf that thinks they're hot shit and does one like a better room than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is like the mayor. but At a mausoleum. Yeah, exactly. And, and on top of that, you also get a lot of demands, which can be fun if they're like in your general direction, what you're trying to achieve, but they're really annoying if, for example, they put specific materials in there. Uh, so they tell you, I want a lead bed. And I'm like, how do you want that? How, 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 what? I can't <laughs> yeah. make lead beds. I, I can't help you, buddy. You're just going to be really sad and angry about this, but it's not going to happen ever. Yeah, I get that sometimes in the mandates. Like right now I'm looking at this one that we're streaming and it says mandates from our baron here, baroness. 
Jewel Terror. And she's banning export of traction benches. Now, never in my life have I thought that I would export a traction bench. So, like, how do you comply with this? Just simply not doing it? Yeah. You, you okay. just don't sell any traction benches, which is fine, you know, because traction benches are not a good export good. Yeah. Because they're very heavy. And what their the value is okay-ish, their weight is just not good. Fair enough. So, um, but for example, if you're trying to sell, let's say crafts or, or food or barrels, you know, food is in barrels and you sell the barrels as well. And suddenly your mayor is like, I don't want you to sell any barrels. And you're like, what the hell am I supposed to sell them? Well, huh? Do you know yeah. how economy actually works, buddy? Yeah, it's tricky. Nobody does. <laughs> it's worse. That's true. <laughs> well, let's see. We've got a but, couple but, of barons in our fort here, in this in this particular hard couple. world that we've got. I guess. I guess what I what I want to know is: is there a downside to barons and kings, other than you know having to give them fancy accommodations and stuff like that? Yeah, but that of. doesn't happen with basically having, in essence, three mares. Well, look, my I've just I don't know what you're supposed to do with them, but I've just accidentally sent my baron the female. Uh, the one that said no traction benches, I've actually just sent her off to raid a, a necromancer <laughs> tower. So, um, Oh no. Well, Whoopsie dips. Um, <laughs> that could make for an interesting legends mode. Later. Oops. <laughs> but downsides. Well, that's what we're doing. <laughs> hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I mean, sure. If you break one of those mandates or you don't fulfill it, somebody is going to get beaten. Which is not uh -oh. ideal, sure. So that might be a downside. And hey, that siege. would happen with a mayor too, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It it is basically the same. But now you don't have just one noble, but like three or more. Yeah. So a okay. lot more people get beaten. But ugh, whatever. Well, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of getting beaten, um, in our in our fort we're streaming here, a vile force of darkness has just arrived. After yeah. I've sent the most competent squad out for a raid at a necromancer tower. Plot twist. Cool. Whoops. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably the best to seal yourself in. Yep, uh, I, which I think seals the fate for that poor squad that's out right now. Yeah. Oh, you, come you on. How many, how many goblins are attacking? Uh, let's see. Um, oh. Six you know, so far. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Let's just let this play out. I might just even have them in for some fun. You know, uh, for everybody that is listening, uh, something very similar happened to me in my Fortress Cinch Metal. You can check it out on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. Maybe these this guys episode are just of gonna... Fortress Roundtable is brought to you by Singe Metal. <laughs> it's usually brought to us by Crux Smash. Doesn't he pay us a fortune to advertise for it? No, it's usually brought to us by our, <laughs> and our wonderful patrons. Oh, sorry. No, not Squarespace. Oh, okay, back uh, on track, people. Yes. Sorry. All right, we're, we're just going to go fight these guys head on. Look at them. Look at these, look at these fools yeah, coming just, in here. It's just a few. You're going to be fine. Although I think this is Iron Hand, uh, the tile set. It, or which one's the one that we're This is Iron Hand, isn't it? This tile set yeah. that we're using. Mm -hmm. It's really good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
I really like this one. Look at those. Those those goblins are really uh, really cool. Should we should we kill this? I haven't squad? tried Vetlinger since since he's updated. I want to try Vetlinger's new one. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it in the is it in the lazy pack now? Because when it comes to doing it on still by good. myself, I'm terrible yeah. with that. I don't think so. I don't. I have to have to check it out. So. All right, we're coming for a thwacking here. I'm sending our squads in, guys. See if we can manage this. So while our, our goblins and dwarves are fighting and dying on the stream, have either of you had any other fortress interesting items that have happened over the last couple of weeks? I mean, sadly, I, I did not come around to actually play Singe Metal because uh, I was under the weather. Um, but um, very sad. Yeah, I haven't played very much. Certainly not as much as I wish to be playing these days. No, I, I haven't really done too much. I had a fort with a king and I was really excited about it and then I screwed up and killed the king by accident with my drawbridge. Oops. And then I just couldn't <laughs> face that world anymore so I retired it. I was just testing the drawbridge out. I was just testing it. That's all I was doing and the king just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Yeah. And enough people saw it happen that, that you know, you know how that goes. So I, what? here's what I'm curious about. So I, I have this squad of 10 dwarves that I have asked to go do things like kill the goblins. And, and so far, one of them has come out. This guy right here, which seems to be flashing a well, is a wrestler. So he's going to die. So let's, should we watch, you know, we can probably watch this guy go into battle by himself. And he what was is killed. that flashing a well thing? I've seen that before. I don't know what that, what that indicates. Uh, I think it's just probably a t- like I think it's something that the tile set doesn't have a tile yeah, for. He died pretty quick. Yeah, so everybody died really fast there, uh, and and the others really aren't coming. So it's interesting, isn't it? I don't know what I've done wrong. My my guys are kind of crappy. Oh, oh well, we've got lots of doors. Let's just keep throwing at them, throwing doors at them. Let's keep throwing. Uh, <laughs> Oh, this guy says he's a competent Speardorf. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, as long as you have like a surplus of armor and weapons lying around, you might actually kill those goblins with a lot of attrition. Well, it's going to be a lot of attrition for sure. How many people you got in your fortress? Well, I'm going to send the milker out because if the milker can't do this, <laughs> uh, we've got 138. So I've got a lot of dwarves. Uh, yeah, to take down. This is not an undead siege. This is not an undead siege. So if in an undead siege, that's like one undead versus a fort of 250, you're screwed. Um, we're not doing great here. These are some pretty serious goblin archers. There's some pretty serious goblin archers. Wow, they're really kicking our butts. Now everybody's coming in. Look at this. The whole troop's coming out to beat the crap out of them. Look at the whole fort's coming and they're, out. They're looking around the corner, seeing what they're up against, and then they're running away. Yeah. Well, they've, they've done it, I think. I think the siege is over. The siege is over, yeah. Right. It was, it was it, a, it, it with great cost, uh, which to which uh, we'll never fully know. You're down to 120 now. What'd you start with? 130 something. I've got 139, so I don't think we lost too many. I think we, we lost about five or six. Yeah, okay. So we can take that. That'll help the frame rate. So thanks for as I say, your lives. <laughs> you know, 20 to 30 percent attrition rate is perfectly acceptable in a in a siege. It, it looks like they're pretty unhappy about what happened, though. Um, oh, I wonder why. Yeah. They're not. Oh, there's lots of stuff that seems to be causing them troubles. Oh well, let, let's just let this play out. I'm gonna do this as more of a laissez-faire for it at this point in time. <laughs>
you know, what are you going to do? Attention members and guests, Lucas invites all stoneworkers of the Turquoise Hall to come revel in the inspiration of the Crystalline Boulder. Lucas administers this grand guild hall for the improvement of the trade and the betterment of iron-traded stoneworkers of the Turquoise Hall. So as we talked about in our quick episode uh, last time, there was the release of the Dwarf Fortress Steam Roadmap on February 23rd. So let's talk about that a little bit more. There was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are six items in it. And I will go ahead and just recite the first one. You can find this on uh, on the Steam Dwarf Fortress page. You can find a link to it there. We'll also put a link in the show notes. So they want to finish the menus that haven't been upgraded yet. And those include the graphics and layout for justice, health, diplomacy, and hauling. These aren't small tasks. Each will take weeks. Uh, they'll also be working with uh, Jacob, the new artist, during this period on the sprites they need to update throughout the project. Cool. So apparently they're still uh, shuffling out some graphics, huh? Yeah. Uh, uh, that had to have been a big hit on the dev cycle, because I suspect I that, guess it was just a restart. Yeah, I, I think it might have been, you know, if they were if they were busy using those other other graphics or they'd, they'd made a lot of progress. Who knows? Who knows? Was Jacob involved with any tile sets before? Do we know that? Do I remember Klinodev saying maybe yes, or do I misremember that? Shoot, I don't Not know. Sure. I don't want to be. I don't want to be misinformation Klinodev, here. If you're don't listening, know. let us know if uh, if if you know if Jacob was involved with any tile sets in the past. Uh, if so, maybe there's something that we can take a look at and see what his past work was. I'm sure he's good at something. Yep. So the uh, the the art stuff menus said that these will each take weeks. So it is what that is, right? So weeks, yeah. weeks is fine. Weeks are fine. Weeks Art is good. Is months. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as I say, it would be awesome to have some hands-on experience with this before we get nuked. So yeah. By the time this comes out, who knows what, uh, I mean, what two weeks, like. man. Yeah. Yay, 2020s. So, do we need to be start saving? Do we need to start saving bottle caps? Bottle no caps. Fallout, no Fallout players here. Ah, don't even, don't even talk uh, about that. Oh god, I got my stash. Never played Fallout. It's fun. That came out. There was a period in my life where I did absolutely no gaming, and that was about from the late 90s through the uh, through the aughts. So, and that's, I think where Fallout really happened, right? Well, Fallout 1 was the, was the sort of tactical game where you did the, you know, what do you call it? What's the, Roland, what's the genre called for that thing? Strategy? Like, it's not real-time strategy, turn-based strategy or whatever. Mm, I suppose. I've, I have to admit, I've never played that. I only played like the less good versions and no Vegas, no Vegas. That's the one that that was the one that really got me happy. I really enjoyed New Vegas. The other ones, Fallout Three, pretty cool, but I didn't get into it. But New Vegas, I thought was amazing. Fallout yeah. Four didn't. Was really the original grab me. the original Fallout was turn based, right? Yeah, that's right. They were those. It was that isometric overhead turn based strategy yeah. game. Yeah, and I just kept getting wiped to the. You know, they just kept wiping the floor with me. <laughs> 
Um, so. But yeah, the, the other one was pretty neat. You know, decisions meant something and the world is really immersive. It was a, it was a really well done game. I don't know if it holds up today, but. I took a break from like Diablo to Dwarf Fortress. So Didn't Dwarf Fortress come out before Diablo? <laughs> No, no, no. Diablo was uh, predated it just a was little Di- bit. Diablo was early 90s or late 90s, right? Or was it? Yeah. Mid. Yeah, I think it's like 96. It was 2000. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. My heavens. My heavens. Um, okay. Moving on. Back to the roadmap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say this. It sounds like the, the Steam stuff, the Steam integration is something that's that's kind of seems like a big thing to do. As far as, yeah, the yeah, development work, because I bet you there's like APIs and he'll have to hook these things in. And how do you have Door Fortress communicate back with Steam to tell it that you got the, you know, congratulations, you've made your first animal soap, that kind of stuff. <laughs> first castle so, bar, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never really, the only Steam uh, experience I have is with downloading games and playing them locally as if they weren't Steam games. What is the Steam Achievements system? And so I don't really have any experience with that. Is that like, you know, you've got a you've got a, a Baron. Here's an achievement. Well, it could be. It could ultimately be anything. Um, yeah. From ranging from, oh, yeah, you embarked. Wow. To breaching the caverns and slotting your first Draltar or something. The, the question is just... Uh, how impossible it is for the development to like a link uh, part A, like the in-game act to the Steam achievement. Hmm. I've never seen anything like, well, these are classic games too. Maybe that's the reason why I haven't seen anything like that, but I've never seen anything like on SimCity for congratulations. You've just had a monster attack your city. Oh, <laughs> so you get that in um, City Skylines if you play that game. Um, which is kind of like, I guess I would call it SimCity 5. Right. Um, right. Yeah, you'll get stuff like, congratulations, everyone hates you. Like, that's an achievement. It's like, you can be the most hated mayor, or, you know, you can, you know, congratulations on winning your first sports season. Like, they've they've got a whole bunch of those things that are achievements that you can Um, open up and see. I'm not very good with them. Or, for example, one of the games that I personally really enjoy is, uh, like, a Space Age civilization simulator called Stellaris and uh, you get achievements like oh yeah you created a new universe you wiped out every single sentient life form and replaced it with robots here thumbs up buddy it's called Solaris Stellaris yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Tekken says achievement unlocked you killed all seven of your dwarves with an aquifer <laughs> quite oh no yes. <laughs> it's one of the yeah. hidden achievements yeah <laughs> oh there would be exactly. hilarious achievements i mean it, it could be really really funny uh for sure so do these things get recorded in your uh in your steam account yes. like you go see yeah your steam i was just trying okay. to see what i've done in my achievements but i'm not i mean they're ultimately not really useful out. Um, if you get like a rare achievement or something that is funny, you can put it on your profile, but ultimately it is dopamine hits. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, you know, it's, it's for achievement hunters. There's also card drops and badges and stuff like that. I don't even understand what that stuff is. I didn't even know I had them until I just looked right now. Oh, I've got (laughs) badges. Great. Candy crush Dwarf fortress. Yeah. Yeah, It's something like like a, a game itself so 
Right. It's uh, yeah. It's a game that I haven't played. But it's okay. It's neat that they're gamifying it. Like I, I appreciate what they're doing, helping increase engagement. Let's see if I if I look at City Skylines. I was just trying to see if I can find out what I've done with it. Uh, I don't really even know how to view my achievements. So I guess that tells you something. Uh, yeah, there we go. It says, so for City Skylines, it says you've unlocked 14 out of 116 achievements. You can see it's obviously very important to me. But yeah, they're just stuff like uh, naming a road. Uh, it's wintertime. Change the chirper to winter look. So it's just, you know, just... I think it's to kind of try to encourage you to try different things in the game. Like this one, if you build a sauna. Okay. So I get the same kind of thing with uh, with Xbox. It's constantly telling me, you know, in Pinball Arcade, you've completed, you've got the high score on seven of nine tables from season one. And some of them, I, I feel like, are these community added. Like here's one in, in Skylines. It's called, the, the achievement is, it's called Steve. And to get this one, you just name a road Steve. So congratulations to the Steves out there. You can have an so, achievement. Yeah, everything is possible. And uh, I will rebel. I, I will put on a full revolution if there is not a single achievement where I said a sentient being on fire. <laughs> yeah, This is not a joke. This is a threat. So what form is your revolt going to take? Ah, not sure yet. Actually, it's probably just going to be me being grunchy in front of my PC and, like, eating cookies while uh, having my mouth full and, like, complaining to friends. So the worst kind. We'll give you an outlet here, and uh, you can you can go off on the on the uh, listeners with your with your uh, revolt. Okay. Yeah. So you were yeah. you're talking about Stellaris. Stellaris is the game that you liked, right? They they've yes. gone in for the achievements as well. Yeah. So they've defined 130 of them. I've got zero of 124. Yeah, they have a lot of achievements in the game, but a lot of people. Okay, this is like a bit off topic, but I'm just gonna say this: in Stellaris, there's like an Iron Man mode, meaning you can't save you can't reload anything and you can't cheat and only if you play it quote-unquote in the hardcore mode you actually do get the achievements iron man is a fully owned property of marvel comics universe (laughs) (laughs) um i don't think we have an iron man mode in war fortress because the entirety of war fortress is already the iron man mode yeah exactly it's it's on another level for sure don't get too attached that's where the roguelike stuff comes in yeah yeah Tour Fortress. Don't get too attached. Um, Losing is fun. Well, it, it turns is. out I already own Stellaris, so I'm very excited to go check this out. If if you're giving it a recommendation, given okay. that I already uh, own it, again off topic. Yeah. First of all, why the hell do you have it and you don't know? <laughs> do you not Secondly, have Steam? Like half the half the thing of having Steam is buying games that you never play. Like that's the exactly. that's, that's what Steam's all about. No way! Man. I'm way too greedy to actually do that. <laughs> Like, well, no, it's whenever they give you a game, it's like, okay, you can buy all 12 of the Ultima series yeah. for $3. Which is enough. Yeah, sure, just, why not? Yeah, totally. I'm like, sure, I'll play Ultima <laughs> Maybe I'll 1 play again. It someday. <laughs> Never going to play Ultima yeah, 1 again. Yeah, I mean, I mean exactly. it, that is not my kind of bread. Uh, I, I bought some games that I do not enjoy, but uh, I still play them for like at least. Well, uh, the. 
the price, you know. Roland, you play AAA games. I play triple C games, right? I don't you know the last triple A game that I played is Stellaris. And other than than that, I'm playing that goddamn AAA? stuff like Deep Rock Galactic and Mech Warrior Online. That is literally garbage. Okay? <laughs> literally. <laughs> Well, I'm going to download Stellaris right now. It's 15 gigs, so I also, feel like uh, it's worth it. Hit, hit. While, we're, while, you're, while you're streaming? Is that a yeah, good idea? Yeah, no, it'll be all right. perfect idea. It's gonna, also, it's hit gonna me gonna up if fine. you want to play together. It's, it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, yes. it's, uh, it, looks, it looks awesome, and it runs on Mac, so that's pretty fun. Here's a game I'll never do. Okay, well then, if you guys are going to do that, then I've got to invite you all to one of our Doom sessions. So Yay! We, on sunny nights, we'll occasionally... Have a have a, a Doom parties. Me and a couple friends of mine. Oh, that's old cool. school Doom, like as in I can old play school. it on my yeah, Apple Watch Doom. Yeah, okay. Ooh, yeah, okay. We do a we do a, a cooperative a cooperative survival mode. All right, that's cool. Yeah, boy, I have many yeah. many wasted hours playing that game. Oh, I'm still wasting my hours playing <laughs> that in Unreal Tournament. Hey, uh, hope everyone's I'm, I'm getting back into mapping on Doom. So, oh wait, are we? Wait, is this what's, Dwarf what's the podcast? Am I here? We're talking about uh, shoot. That's right. This is Star Triple Wars. Triple A game. Dwarf Welcome Fortress. to Doom Roundtable. Welcome to Doom Fortress Roundtable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing. Oh, I can't wait for the PlayStation Five version of Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh God! Oh, Steam Deck Dwarf Fortress. Oh. How about it? Ooh. I think I think it might not work very well because <laughs> isn't that it needs a <laughs> Linux version, doesn't it? I think, I think Steam Deck runs Linux. Well, they're working on a Linux version. So no, I yeah. think all the stuff on Steam Deck runs is Linux. No, no, it, no. It, well, it does, but uh, but it's got the Proton layer that so most Windows titles work on it. Got it. Slick. Yeah. Well, I'm never a version one hardware guy. But uh, when version two that thing comes out, I bet it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Steam Deck, um, and 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 maybe Dwarf Fortress will be on it by that point in time. That will be the reason I get a Steam Deck is to play Dwarf Fortress. Hey, that's how I justified my last PC upgrade. It's like, well, we'll get more FPS. Hey, that. Uh, by the way, it would mean that you can actually have uh, Dwarf Fortress on the go when you don't own a laptop or have the whole like uh, server thing going on that is like out there i'm not sure about that because i think it is linux bound so what is that um it's like a remote you you play dwarf Fortress oh, yeah, as yeah. a remote game yeah that i've played that a little bit um you can also play dwarf fortress over ssh if you're i have done that yeah if you've got you know if if you just want to be that guy, you can do it. I've done I it. I think it was Tekkid who uh, who inspired me to to do that. Oh, he'll, he's an enabler, that guy. Very much vanilla. He's an enabler. Very much vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our our doors made it back from uh, nourished punches, which sounds delicious. And one of our listeners. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. No, I no, would like ahead. to hear about one of our listeners. <laughs> one of our listeners. Tekken. Oh, <laughs> said that, uh, said that Wait, Proton who? should handle Dwarf Fortress flawlessly, and he can't imagine any plugins or anything like that blocking it. But that's not the the concern for me so much. Is how many keys on your keyboard do you need to use yeah. to play Dwarf Fortress? Yeah. And uh, Steam Deck is going to have you know 
uh, PlayStation slash Nintendo <laughs> slash Xbox type controllers. Yeah, I think it's the same so. reason World of Warcraft never came to consoles. There's just too many keys and buttons. Yeah, I mean, you're going to be able to use an external keyboard with it, sure, but that's, you know... Nobody wants to have a Nintendo Switch with a 101-key keyboard attached to it. Yeah, where is my World of Warcraft uh, on the Nintendo Switch, huh? Well, exactly. That would be pretty neat. Terrible. Yet, yet, I don't think we'll see it. Hold on, World of... That's, uh... Oh, Wow! Oh, sorry, that was a little bit too excited. <laughs> He's like, I've just found this game. It's online and it's with dwarves and oh my god, it's open world. You should check it out, man. It's, it's a new one. <laughs> but it's yeah, big. we haven't. I don't know that we've met since Microsoft has bought Activision Blizzard. They did, yeah. So now it's a Microsoft yeah. game. Yeah, right. It's awesome. I'm so I'm so excited for for what that means because I think yeah, it's going to be great for kill I've, World of Warcraft finally. I don't know. I think well, they'll make I it better. That, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty good yeah, about you, my game. You better by shutting off the server, finally. <laughs> Let the old man die in peace. <laughs> and that comes from me, okay? I'm a hardcore World of Warcraft nerd. I literally what? have a World of Warcraft tattoo. I don't know. Well, what I, I feel want them to like do is to support the old servers. There's yeah. a lot of really good stuff they could still do with it. And I just feel like... From what I heard about the way it was to work there during the old regime, it sounds like it was a pretty unpleasant place to be. And so, you know, I think Microsoft's not that. It's a better place to work from what I hear and read in in the news. So I'm hoping that it's like if you give people a better work environment and, you know, and kind of let them get to it, everything's going to get better. So anyway, that's that's what I think. I, I feel like there's more hope in it now. So the way that Blizzard had turned... Yeah. Um, yeah. It didn't no. sound like it was a good place to work. Like if, if, if basically if women are getting sexually harassed daily, is what it sounded like from some of the news stories. Like that's not a fun place to have anybody work. Cause you know, it, it's, it just must be awful. So I'm, and I know Microsoft's not that. So, you know, it's like, it's amazing. I, I think it'll have a, I think it'll be a good turnaround story. In corporate atmosphere, the two companies were heading in opposite directions. Microsoft uh, was bad guys, pretty much in the early 2000s, which is still a giant megacorp. I'm not saying that they're... No, I, I, I get what you're saying. It's interesting to see corporate turnarounds, isn't it? Because, you know, like Apple, nobody cared about Apple in the 90s. You know, like a few people had, you know, $12,000 Macs or whatever. And, you know, it wasn't awesome. Uh, but then I really they, wanted a Mac in the 90s. I kind of did, but sure. it was like, you know, well, you could have a Mac or you could, you know, eat for a couple months. Like, well, I guess eating, we have one, that one. But then they came, you know, then they flipped it, you know, and they still keep flipping it. So, yeah. And, and I think Microsoft during the Vista era, maybe not as awesome, but, uh, but you know, I feel like they learned and pulled it together. So well, for having such an important Dwarf Fortress news item in front of us, this has really been off topic. We've today. gotten, we've really covered some important things today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some Dwarf Fortress. Let's see, let's take. And some Dwarf Fortress. Well, we have, we have. Attention members and guests, Guildhall manager Eurus J. Jennings invites engravers of the Ochre Company to come join the fellowship of the Guildhall, the Silvery Mines. Lectures, demonstrations, and socialization are carved in stone at the Silvery Mines, Iron Traded's most detailed Guildhall. Do you have a feel for whether the Steam Workshop needs to adhere to some particular API. How does that work with other games? The Steam Workshop. 
I can mostly speak about those games where I actually use the workshop, which is mostly just Skyrim. And you get absolutely everything from a mod that adds 15 pornographic books into the game to new models for every single race. It, pornographic models? Yes, actually. Like, <laughs> the, the amount of nudity and straight-up pornography is quite high. But if you want to go, like, the extra mile and go beyond the red line, uh, it's not on Steam anymore. So you have to go to, like, Nexus mods or whatever. You, you haven't heard that from me, but, you know, just keeping that in mind. Um, at some point, I... F- Should that be cut too? <laughs> I, I feel like... Uh, no, 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 you can let that in. It's okay. okay. Um, <laughs> at some point, I feel like Steam cleaned it up a little bit, so they they uh, removed a lot of the mods, and then the mods that remained were actually very high-quality mods. So you can just click on a single button and it downloads a mod and it installs for you and suddenly your entire game is like in modern 16K graphics with like moving grass and and like really high polygon models and it, it, it looks crisp as hell. And all you have to do is literally click a single button uh, while in other games it just changes like the color of paper or something. Who, who knows, man? Well, I went out to the Steam developer site while we're talking here because I was curious. And they have a huge library of documentation on how to do all this. And, you know, so they've got videos from when it was launched talking about embracing user-generated content and then and then talking about building your game with user-generated content in mind. And I think, you know, this is from 2014. I, I just feel like Tarn already had that in his mind in a way because I feel like the the community in Dwarf Fortress already already is, is kind of like natively thinking about mods and, and how to have that kind of freedom to go in and change the game. So I think he's already bought in, which seems to be one of the big things that they're trying to talk about, you know, here is like, yo, you really do want to do this. And I think he's just like, awesome, bring it on. So I think that's really cool. And then it's got a whole lot of documentation on how to integrate it. And albeit deeper than I can go because it's more developer focused uh, and I'm not a developer. But it looks like it's very, looks like there's plenty of support. So I feel like when he gets to this part, there will be a lot of documentation and I'm sure people who would be willing. So things like him having the RAWs that allow you to edit uh, game attributes and keeping the art in its own directory so that you can have the tile sets, things like that might make it easier to uh, put things, uh, make things available for Steam Workshop for, for community mods. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, it, I bet you it'll make it easier. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't like. Just whatever happens, like I don't want him to feel like stuck or anything. Just you know, do your best, dude. It's always great. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my philosophy yeah, with Dwarf Fortress. Honestly, even if it just boils down to the workshop, it becomes just used for uh, uh, tire sets. You know, you 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 click on an item and then it starts the tile set, and you. You can you have maybe like a small menu where you can change the tire sets? I would be absolutely okay with that. That's that is already like everything in the workshop that I would personally look for. And if you have like small raw changes, like making the goblin smaller or 
making the elves not sentient anymore so you can eat them. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's also cool, you know, but if it just boils down to slight graphic changes, sure, I'm on board with everything. Our fortress was just, uh, we did this raid just now and Tekkud Standard Plates was involved in this. The Serpent Woman. So there we go. So the Tekkud, Serpent there's Woman? Some, yeah, there's a Serpent Woman. It says in early autumn 1042, the Serpent Woman pale corpse Tekkud Standard Plates left arm was torn off by the dwarf Mathol slip treaties. That is pretty Did you get cool. your baron back? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, hard to say at this point, but we'll, I, I'll somebody got killed because <laughs> the purple text is the, uh Oh, but, um, yeah. What, how do you guys read the, the mission report? So white text is kind of like, okay. Yellow text is bad, but purple text is death. And what is the cyan text? Like, how do you decode the text? Things that happen good for your people. The cyan is good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, and the uh, yellow is the, so-so. I think that the yellow is is like incidental. Maybe that's what the white is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. The yellow it says in early autumn 1042, the elf plague thrall Lita Bridge Thunders surprised the dwarf Seagun Cobalt Grasp. That doesn't sound good. Hmm. So that looks like where they've ambushed you. Oh, okay. So yellow is bad, but teal or cyan is good and white is okay. Good. Well, it didn't go great, but it didn't go badly. One person died. Let's hope it wasn't the Baron. It looks like it was Reg Fence Spirals. Yeah. Died. RIP. I'm glad that nobody got kidnapped. Have you guys had that bug where you send squads out to ambush and then they just never come back? Once, yeah. But uh, apparently I was just stupid because one of the dogs that I had assigned to one of the soldiers was still in a cage. And you also have to make sure that you send all the animals with them because otherwise they will not even start traveling. So one comment they made in the roadmap release that is intriguing as well as a little scary is that the path ahead is now shorter than the path behind, which if that's only a few feet shorter than the path behind, then that means that... It could be, let's see, 2019, early 2019 was when the release was announced. So another so four years. Cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, great. Awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, that there's an early release kind of thing going on. Uh, yeah, man, I, I do Tekken too. Made the point that, like, let's just... Tekken made the point that early releases can end up being the release if the developers aren't careful, if, especially if the release does pretty well, then then the other parts might not get added. But somehow, I don't... I don't think that's his style. I don't consider Toady to be a typical yeah, developer. He's, he's not going to rug pull us, you know, like as of yeah, all no, of I the people. So. Like, he's not talking about... Especially considering the classic version, he's committed to always being out there and being free, and it has the adventure mode. Yeah, I think if he was out there, like, pumping his NFTs on Twitter or something, I'd be more <laughs> skeptical, but that's not, that's not this guy. Dwarf NFTs. <laughs> Every dwarf... In every game, in every installation, Don't say as it. an NFT. Yeah. Don't say I mean, it. it's it's a polarizing thing right now for sure. Well, they have a UUID, okay? Yeah, it's 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 it is it is it is what it is. It's a technology, and I think it's being misused right now. But um, anywho, um, yeah, he's he's not that. So yeah, I, like I totally hear you. Don't want to get. No, oh, we've got somebody interrupted by a forgotten beast. That feels like something we should probably 
do you with? Nah, it's fine. It's Here it is. Well, how is this Forgotten Beast interrupt? Uh, honestly, this down in the seven layer deep water doing absolutely nothing. Come on. How is anybody worried about this? What is it though? What What is it? Let's, let's it have us a look at this. Let's have us a look. It's an uninvited guest. That's for sure. I like how it says that. That, that always makes me laugh. <laughs> uninvited guest. Oh, welcome. Oh, we didn't. It's a giant skinless ceratopsid. It has branching antenna and it undulates rhythmically. Its eyes glow chartreuse. Beware its deadly blood. Oh, so I nice. don't know what a ceratopsid is. I, it's I've never a come across that word. It's a dinosaur. Okay. Uh, it it's uh, it's the one that has like it, it looks like a oh. goddamn curve and has as like in, a lot of spikes on the back. Oh yeah, as in the triceratops, right? As in you know it uh, presumably has a one horn if it's a ceratops, and if it had three, it would be a triceratops. There's a logic to that. Ah. Well, it sucks. Wikipedia doesn't even have a, a yeah. estimated picture of it. It just has a horn. Yeah, I mean, I can just close my eyes and imagine it's a triceratops with one horn. Well, like a rhinoceros. Yeah, like a unicorn. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> the difference here is the triceratops is a specific species, while a ceratopsid is the entire family. So it could right. be a triceratops if you wanted to. What else do we want to say about the roadmap? Let me pull it back up here. Well, um, oh, interesting. He comments that he doesn't think that adventure mode is going to be any real big deal, which well, surprises the heck out of who me. Who says this? Tony, this is the quote. Adventure mode is straightforward in its way. I don't expect it will have many real development gotchas, but it does have dozens of menus, some of them quite complex. Yeah, yeah um, maybe yeah. maybe the real hard part is the fort fortress mode. And, and that, I think, maybe... Maybe that drives a lot of the logic of the game in adventure mode, because you're basically just playing around a lot of fortress modes. Well, if my vote counted, I would say release it with fortress and legends mode so that we can actually get our hands on yeah. it and play it. It's been since you know early 2019. I would say, yeah, I would do the Give same. Give money before we're nuked. Yeah, it's like just you know they 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 did it because they were trying to raise money, which is totally a great well, thing to do. And I would love to give them money, <laughs> you know, like I know I, I, I donate, but I would love it if, you know, if they yeah, could I, say, I, yeah, I actually do give them money. Yeah, I exactly. Donate to 12 games, but it would be but, nice yeah. to open up that door to, you know, it, it just be, it would just be really cool. Um, and I think, yes, I have my crayon drawing of a dwarf uh, taking a, a, a draft from a tapped keg. It's really nice. Beautiful. Yeah, it's framed and on my wall. Oh, I'm looking at it now. That's beautiful. Yep, yep. Yeah, I never managed to request that. Um, okay, guys. Yeah. We're good. We'll have to uh, see how this list gets updated in the upcoming weeks. So maybe we'll see it eventually. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I, Let's I do a time wait. check. You know, I, I keep saying that, but I really can't wait. This is going to be great. And that rhymed, and now the rhyme is over. I agree. I'm I'm just excited to play it. But I would be fine with no adventure mode in the Steam release and adventure mode in the original. Whatever works for him best. Just give me the goddamn game, please. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're we're cool. Let's let's just do this. Let's do this. This episode is brought to you in part by Brandon Wright creator of Ravadeb.
Archites, a sand pear wood splint. All crafts worship is of the highest quality. It is encrusted with cushion-cut red tourmalines and decorated with wild boar bone. This object menaces with spikes of sand pear wood, larch, turkey bone, and nickel. On the splint is an image of dwarves in larch. The dwarves are traveling. The artwork relates to the foundation of iron traded by the acts of subtleties of the ageless cave in the early spring of the year 17. We had planned to uh, answer this looming user question that has been being postponed for now three episodes and we'll do our best to get to it next episode. Or we could just ask it. We swear. Um, I feel bad. Is it the Calvin C. email? It is the Calvin C. email. Okay. Oh, look, some migrants have arrived. Isn't that lovely for us? A bunch of idiots. There's a couple questions here. One is from Alexander. Do any of you think the dwarven economy will, will be re-implemented in the future? And if so, what kind of changes would you like to see added to make it work? The coin base, you know, I guess they call it fiat currency yeah. uh, no fiat's where it's based on just paper money and no real money i guess money fiat is, is just money and then there's cryptocurrency which fiat is, is un- unbacked money other stuff and, <laughs> yeah so well and other, I'm, what i'm trying to say is the coins release predated my playing of dwarf fortress so i don't know anything about what it was like then which coin Whatever they yeah. had coins and tried to actually have an economy based on money, yeah, that, instead of trade goods, right? With uh, yeah, well, you can mint coins, and but coins don't mean anything really. Yeah, it would be neat if you could like, yeah, if you could pay stuff, that would be cool. Yeah, not anymore. They used to yeah, though. They used to be the yeah, but it would be kind of. But would it? Because it destroyed the game. Did it? Yeah, because imagine this. If you have a lot of gold on the map, you have a lot of gold coins. Thus, you can buy absolutely everything. But if you don't have anything to mint coins out of that actually have any worth, you're kind of, you know, stranded. Isn't that the way that Earth works? Yeah, but let's be honest. It's not fun. Only because it's real doesn't mean it's fun. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I agree. Yeah, it is. It is an unfun thing to do. Yeah, from that perspective, maybe it's okay. Maybe these dwarves they don't really care about coins. But but ultimately, I want to say that um, I'm okay with no coins being in fort mode, and you can just trade items. But I would really enjoy having like a coin system in adventure mode. I'm, I'm aware yes. it really doesn't work that way, but I feel like going around as an adventurer and like, because I still do it, you know, if I play adventurer and I stab somebody, I loot them for coins. The coins are absolutely useless ultimately, but uh, except for like throwing, but hey, whatever. But I would really like to 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 do that, you know, like, getting the coins from an enemy you you killed and then going into the next town and buying stuff with this because you just found money and then you're broke again because you're you spend it all on on like beer i like the idea of being able to have coins and play with coins in adventure mode i think that's really neat but i can imagine how that would be near to impossible to implement given yeah. the way the game works because if if fortresses aren't you know, can't rely on their currency 
to trade, well, what, what would that mean? It would be like, you know, my jewel terror might, might mint some gold coins, but those might not have the same value over on the other side of the map in those worlds who've minted silver coins because gold doesn't matter to them. You know what I mean? I think it just, it suddenly brings in all of the unfun dynamics of the real world, like foreign exchange trading and arbitrage and automatic market makers and all those things yeah. that are just miserable and unfun to people who aren't like financial people. So I, yeah, I think it would break it. So I think, I think it's just a tougher problem to solve. Although neat. I think what he would need to do to start with is to actually implement a functioning barter economy that actually is an economy. Cause right now we have what, kind of looks like a bartering economy but i really don't think the amount of goods that you produce in your fortress like you if you produce sixty-two thousand figurines of some particular dwarf i don't think that affects the price of those figurines in other fortresses yeah so i think that if you can first implement an economy such that the things that you produce actually have an effect on the economy of the world at large or at least your civilization that's the first step i think to actually implementing a working like coin-based economy mm. where you have money rather than, rather than barter goods. Mm-hmm. I, I do kind of wish that that could happen because right now, all I have to do to get everything that I need to trade for is mine some jewels, have some craft store make all kinds of, of rock crafts and then decorate them with jewels. Yeah. And I've got plenty of money to get anything that I need from any of the caravans. Well, I think this is a cool idea, but I also feel like it's a Pandora's box. And um, yeah, I think that's what they found out last time yeah. whenever they tried to implement it and then took it out after a couple. Yeah, of I agree. I think cool idea. Pandora's box. I think in order to st- in order to do it, you'd have to dumb down a lot of the stuff in the game, which I feel like is kind of a bummer. Or you'd have to get super, super in the weeds about how the different currencies in the game would work and who can mint them. And I mean, my goodness, it just feels feels complicated. All right. Pass. Thanks, Alexander, for the question. Calvin sent an email, and this is the one that the question that we had uh, postponed our last episode. He asks what our typical embark strategies are, and what jobs and skills do we always jump on first, last, or never at all? So, Roland, how do you start with a? And we've covered this, I think, before in a past episode, but it's been quite a while since. So, let's talk about it again because mine have changed. <sighs> well, well. What is the last embark that I did? I mean, I I use one of the like lazy new pack embarks, and I changed it a little bit. Uh, I can't, I really can't remember what the original name was. It, for me, it's just called my embark now. Um, <laughs> but uh, you you get the basics. You you know you get uh, one woodcutter, you get two miners because I I usually have a lot of mining to do in the first few years. Um, then like a woodcrafter, no, the woodcutter is also the woodcrafter, and then I have a quote unquote dedicated soldier that is uh, has like some fighting skills and some uh, masonry skills. Um, for the reason when I embark in a dangerous area, um, then I bring some, some turkeys or some chickens, depending on where exactly I am, because I like to role play, you know, sometimes I take turkeys, sometimes I take chickens. I sadly never do ducks because I feel like I want like a water fortress for ducks, but whatever. 
and then at least one anvil. I, I'm aware that you you don't really need it. There are ways to get it anyway, but uh, oof, oof. you know you don't have to make it harder than it is. Right. Uh, I, I always bring some some sandbags because for there was an exploit. I, I'm not sure if it's still in there, uh, where the sandbag was slightly cheaper than the actual bag, or something like that. Um, so I, I bring like one or two bags and then I empty out the sand and then I have like free bags basically. Um, I, I just use Gorney's easy peasy. I don't overthink it. The first thing I do is I dig out a little hole underground and soar all my wagon goods in it. I will then build a, a uh, trade depot because I have found that if I don't build the trade depot right off, I will forget to build the trade depot. <laughs> Until they come. You're like, oops. Until they, and then it's too late, right? Because they don't say, hey, it, we need you to build a trade depot so that we can land here. It says they have passed you by because you don't have a trade depot, you idiot. It's a little harsh, isn't it? Then I'll build a mushroom farm. And then I will start working on walling off, building some stone blocks so that I can wall off my trade depot. Because now, like from from Tony's suggestions, I now always build my trade depot above ground and I fence around it. So I've had three fortresses since I've uh, started doing that. And they all seem to have worked out pretty well. Well, apart from the ones that, uh, that were overrun by zombies, but that had nothing to do with the fact that my trade depot was above ground. Sounds totally reasonable. What Mm -hmm. do you folks never mess with? What what aspect of the game do you just not pay attention to? <laughs> um, I think a few. If I think about it for longer, I will come to a lot of conclusions. But uh, for me, it is actually minecarts mm-hmm. and the whole like uh, how you say machines. You know, all these all these water wheels and. Yeah. Whatnot. I mean, I tried them, not like minecarts where I just did it once and then never again. Um, I sometimes do it, but ultimately I, I ignore it because I, you know, I, I haven't even built a pump in the last, in the last uh, I don't know, 10 fortresses. Not a single mm-hmm. one. Yeah, um, I feel like the game doesn't really reward you enough for the effort that it takes to do it. So... You know, like other games like Timberborn or whatever, which is another kind of base builder. You really get to a point in developing the civilization where you have to you have to develop power and you have to do those things. Otherwise, you kind of get stuck. And I don't and I don't think it is that it's just sort of an option. You don't need to do it. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can perfectly uh, you, you can play the game perfectly fine without exactly. building a single water wheel. I mean, it's fine. You know, um, having having like a mill with an actual millstone is fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. RP, but am I going to use it? No. So, indeed, indeed. If the pump stacks weren't oh, such a pain oh, to make, gosh, yeah. then I would think that the that the pump system and the water wheels in the pump system would be rewarding enough because I love waterworks and I love the idea of waterfalls. One of the most rewarding things that I've done in my fortresses is the time that I put the, uh, the waterfall spraying down into my temple. And I, I built the waterfall such that it drained from 
basically without any pumps, it just flooded. I took a, a channel off of a river and drained it down into a hole that, that sprayed into my temple that was like seven levels deep. And below that level, it drained into another room that ended letting it leak back out off the map. So that was wonderful. Very rewarding. And I do want to do things like waterfalls, but the pump stacks, they are just such a pain in the rear. Well, should we cap it there? Let's go ahead and cap it. Thanks so much, Calvin C., for sending in the question. And if you would like to send in a question or a comment or just to say hi, urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Okay, so exciting times. Again, if we don't end up with World War III, then maybe we'll, we'll have some wonderful steam-based dwarf fortressing to do here in a few months. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. 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 We can keep ourselves warm next winter. Thanks for listening to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, and until next time, happy fortressing, people. Perfect. All right. Yeah, bye. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com. Please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at bay12games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash dfroundtable. This is a conversational podcast. All craft storeship is of the highest quality.